0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, October 27th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Speaker Johnson's fundraising problems. Number two, Johnson made some news in his first national cable interview. And number three, Senate Republicans' cool to a new way to try and circumvent Senator Tommy Tuberville's military promotions blockade. All right, let's get into it. Good Friday morning from Little Rock, Arkansas, where Jake and I are uh, ahead of an event that we have with both senators in the uh, state of Arkansas. Looking forward to that later today. But let's get into the top story leading Punchbowl News AM this morning, looking at Speaker Mike Johnson and one of the biggest challenges he is going to have is going to be fundraising the NRCC has raised $70 million this cycle. Out of that, a whopping $18.5 million has come from transfers from Kevin McCarthy's political committees. So in other words, more than one quarter of all contributions to the party committee have been transferred from McCarthy's political accounts to the NRCC. And that doesn't factor in what the NRCC has raised from McCarthy signed emails, mailers, and other solicitations. It will be up to, of course, NRCC Chair Richard Hudson to contend with this new reality and try to make up for the fact that McCarthy is gone. I think the important thing here is a couple things. Let's just zoom out. One, the fundraising always follows whoever is the speaker, right? There was always this big question, you know, was Paul Ryan going to be able to raise as much as John Boehner? Was Kevin McCarthy going to be able to raise as much as... You know, as Paul Ryan and you look at them and each of them outdid the other, right? McCarthy became a huge juggernaut on the fundraising scene. Um, So I think I think that there is going to be necessarily be an effort, of course. Um, And the fact that Johnson is basically an unknown commodity to the donor class. Provides a bigger challenge probably uh, than the previous people, particularly when it came to Paul Ryan, who was a pretty big darling of big business and kind of some of the big donors um, and certainly kind of the intellectual heart of House Republicans when he was here. I think the question here is Johnson is an unknown entity. Let's look at the numbers. He has raised roughly $5.5 million during his entire congressional career. McCarthy raised more than 3 times that in the last quarter alone. So the question is going to be how does he enter the fundraising scene? Who does he look to? Um, you know, contemporary party leaders spend more than 100 days annually on the road raising hundreds of millions of dollars for their party committee and the party's super PAC. You know, NRCC Chair Hudson told us in an interview that a lot of donors are very curious about who Mike Johnson is. He's already briefed him on the role that he's going to be playing at the NRCC and what they need from him. And Hudson told us, quote, I think we've got a great opportunity because a lot of donors want to get in the room and see him and meet him. But if you zoom out a little bit further, the NRCC isn't having a great cycle by any measure. The committee has $36 million on hand, while the Democratic arm, the DCCC, has $44 million. The DCCC has raised $93 million overall The cycle, $23 million more than the NRCC. Hudson tells us the numbers don't tell the whole story because GOP lawmakers have donated $7 million directly to at-risk Republicans instead of giving to the party committee. In addition to the NRCC, any Republican House speaker is expected to raise roughly $250 million for the Congressional Leadership Fund, a House GOP super PAC. CLF and its sister group, the American Action Network, both endorsed by the House Republican leadership, have raised $80 million this cycle already. Nearly all the donations made to CLF and AAN are in some way due to relationships McCarthy has built over the last decade. All right, let's go on to a scoop here before we move on to the number two item of the morning. The Small Business Administration has selected the Arkansas Capital Corporation to be designated a, as a small business lending company. It's the first time in more than 40 years the SBA has expanded the program and the change will allow the company to do 7A lending in nearby states. Congress has been trying to expand the lending that community development financial institutions can do for years now. We're told that the ACC will focus its expansion into Mississippi, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Missouri, and Texas. Speaking of Arkansas, as I mentioned, we're here in Little Rock. And today at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central, I'm going to be joined by Jake Sherman on stage to discuss the challenges facing small business owners in rural America with both Arkansas Republican senators. You can join us on the live stream and check that out in RCP at punchbowl.news. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. The Speaker. Speaker Mike Johnson gave his first national interview on Thursday night, and the Louisiana Republican probably made more news than he meant to. Johnson agreed with Fox News host Sean Hannity's suggestion that President Joe Biden had suffered cognitive decline. A surprising comment giving the Speaker had just met the president for the first time Thursday. Johnson also sounded open to moving ahead with a Biden impeachment inquiry. And the new speaker made clear he wants to separate any new money for Ukraine from aid to Israel, a position that puts him on a direct collision course with Biden Senate and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and pro-Ukraine Republicans. This will be among the big challenges for Johnson. He's now a national figure, the highest ranking Republican in the country, Everything he says will be parsed throughout Washington and even internationally. So there is going to be a big adjustment for him, certainly. Johnson said Representatives Mike Garcia, the Republican from California, Dan Crenshaw, the Republican from Texas and other GOP lawmakers have drafted a document with, quote, 12 critical questions for the White House to answer as a condition for additional support for Ukraine. Johnson gave this document to National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, who is quote-unquote studying it. Johnson even considering Ukraine aid is something of a victory for the White House. Johnson, though, said House Republicans would move a $14 billion standalone bill for Israel. They'll cut spending somewhere else to offset the cost of this package. Another change. And finally, on impeachment, Johnson, a former member of the Judiciary Committee, made it sound like he believed that Biden had accepted bribes from foreign sources doing business with Hunter and James Biden, the president's son and brother. Quote, because if, in fact, all the evidence leads to where we believe that it will, that's very likely impeachable offenses. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. We've got a great item here by Andrew Desiderio, looking at how Republicans are cool to the new push to circumvent Senator Tommy Tuberville, the Republican from Alabama, and his months-long blockade of military promotions. They are not quite ready to embrace a new proposal aimed at speeding up the confirmation process. Senator Kirsten Sinema, an independent from Arizona, and several Democrats are preparing to send a resolution to the Senate Rules Committee that would temporarily allow multiple promotions to be voted on at the same time. We scooped this on Wednesday. This would alleviate the need to vote on each individually, which would take months of floor time. But in interviews with more than a dozen GOP senators, even those who opposed Tuberville's moves, they revealed a reluctance to support anything that could be seen as setting a new precedent that weakens individual senators' power. The Senate doesn't just run on rules. It runs on precedents as well. Senator Deb Fischer, the Republican from Nebraska, who is also the top Republican on the Rules Committee, told us this would allow a majority to decide at any time that a member's privileges could be overruled by a one time exemption. I think that's dangerous. The war in Israel has upped the pressure for the Senate to act on the 300-plus promotions Tuberville has been blocking, including two Joint Chiefs of Staff vacancies and a dozen U.S. Central Command positions. Joint Chiefs and Combatant Commander nominees would still require individual votes under Sinema's plan. We first reported that Senator Dan Sullivan, the Republican from Alaska, is expected to soon force votes on the two Joint Chiefs positions, another sign Republicans are getting restless. But Sullivan and several other Republicans said they worry that cinema's plan, which would require GOP support on the floor, could set the stage for the so-called nuclear option, abolishing the Senate's filibuster. Other de- Others suggested Democrats were forcing a choice between a temporary fix and going nuclear. This will be something we will continue to watch throughout the coming days to see how it is resolved with that. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, If you like The Daily Punch, please share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about it. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter. Go a little bit deeper on all the things I talked about this morning, plus more items at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.